When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I think it's gotten much more interesting as it goes on because of the different types of people that compete. Gotcha. Well, okay. That's our weird foray into <laughs> how we get into drag yeah, here. Sure. The um back to Batman. <laughs> which is itself a kind I of love drag. That. <laughs> I mean, that's RuPaul says you're born naked and everything else is drag. So there you go. I mean, Batman and Joker, certainly. You're on Midnight Local, the podcast from How to Drink, where we just talk about things. Movies. uh, Pop culture. Maybe some video games. That too. All the things. The things. The stuff and things. All of the stuff and the things on Midnight Local. Let's get to it. All right. So we are talking about... Batman. Batman. We're at about 1989 Batman right now. Uh, just by coincidence, I think both of us happen to watch it, so we figured let's do it. Yeah, and it, the Flash is coming out. I think and that's why it's the return of Keaton, and there's another Batman in there. Oh, uh, Ben Affleck. He's in it too. I think so. It's like a multiverse thing. Yes. The multiverse. Yeah. Yes. That's a movie talking to superheroes in the multiverse. I mean, we just got talking about everything everywhere at once. It's a multiverse movie. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I what I appreciate about that movie is that it's like, well, what I don't appreciate, I appreciate about multiverse for superhero movies is that it seems like it's being used as a way to like erase everything that's happened to a character. Let me tell you a little history about comic books. Yeah, sure. None of these multiverses are invented for the movies. Yeah. They're all built into these well-established universes that both DC and Marvel have. They both have their own multiverse and that is their function to erase what happens to characters. Sure. Or build different versions of them or bring them back from the dead. A lot of times and stuff like that. I did love how Spider-Man did it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, it's generally a good movie, one of the better movies for this Marvel go around, but it's also not Disney. It's Sony. Yeah. So. Oh, right. Okay. Because it's Spider-Man. They still own Spider-Man. Yeah. And they make the movies. And I think Disney must license they the character. Are made by Sony, but they're still part of the MCU. Right. Somehow. It's got to be a licensing deal. Or maybe they do the animated ones. Because the live action Spider-Man stuff, like No Way Home, that's not No, Sony. if you look at, it's credited oh, to it Sony. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just, they're getting paid for it. Yeah. Uh, or if they're actually making the movies, but. I don't watch the MCU movies. Yeah. I know. I've seen a handful of them. Um, I've seen Iron Man 1, which I quite enjoyed at the time. Yeah. I've seen Iron Man 2. I've seen Captain America and Captain America 2. And I've seen two of the thor movies yeah phase four has lost me big time oh and i saw ant-man once but accidentally yeah. it was just on <laughs> yeah it's fine he's charming it's like it's it's unoffensive as far as superhero movies go but yeah so i i guess this is multiversing i mean for the flash been a lot of controversy around the movie because of the lead who's playing the flash who won't yeah, be playing him anymore so that multiverse is going to come in 
real handy. I was reading about this Ezra stuff Klein, that he was up Ezra, to. Yeah, Ezra Klein. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Ezra yeah. Klein's a, someone The else. podcaster. Yeah. And amongst other things. Yeah. Yeah. He's like yeah. the Atlantic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Different guy. Yeah. Editor in chief, I think. <laughs> Ezra Miller. I, I forget exactly the specifics. This is a thing. I don't know if you do this. I read a thing. Uh-huh. And then we'll note what my takeaway is and delete the specifics. Yeah, that, yes, sure. <laughs> I trust myself to yeah. have made that decision Yeah, in good sound mind. Yeah. But like, you know, so I don't need to go back to the details to remake that decision. I made my decision. I know what I think. Anyway, I just remember reading about whatever he was up to and thinking like, well, this is a guy who needs help. He's a liability to production for sure. Yeah, but people are all hating on him. And I think he just sounds like a person with some kind of mental condition. It's like a Shia LaBeouf or uh, um, Amanda Bynes thing. Like, it's oh, hard yeah. to be mad at them because or dislike them because I, I agree. I think it's a, a mental health problem. It goes deeper than just this person's trying to be an asshole. Yeah. TJ Miller was another one, too, because mm-hmm. I remember when he quit Silicon Valley, he like did some interview and stuff and everybody's like, wow, what an asshole. And I was like, dude, this dude like needs medicine. Needs help. He's yeah. not well. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess Kanye, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the sad thing about Kanye is he's being in, exploited in the middle or was being exploited in the middle of his mental health crisis. So. Well, I also think there's a thing that happens with ego where if you have a mental health crisis and you say some things that are nuts, it's sort of impossible to walk away from them because like, but I said that, you know, like you right. can't undo what you've done because it's your identity, like because of ego reasons. Right. Because then you'd have to admit being wrong, being wrong or being weak, unhealthy or whatever was happening in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Also, oddly, good tie into this movie because from a lot of people's perspective, it's a movie about two mentally unwell people going after each other. Yeah. Well, Batman's crazy. Yes. Batman's crazy. Yeah. Um, I First off, 1989 Batman. This is my Batman. Is Keaton's your Batman. I think so. Yeah. And we're talking about this because um, two reasons. Well, because of the, the Flash thing we said. And then like because of that, that trailer where nuts. he said, I get nuts. Let's, Let's get, get nuts. Nuts. Um, that worked its way into like four episodes of how to drink because yeah. I kept saying it on set that day. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I gotta watch that. Watch it. Yeah. It, and I think that's what happened, happened to, to you. Yeah. Yeah. We were up, we were upstate. We have our projector. I was like, now's the time. Let's watch Batman. Yeah. yeah so, well, and my wife's a huge Burton fan. So, so Mrs. HDD had never seen it. That never. Reading. No. You know, I think I had only seen this movie maybe twice. I have seen this movie 20 times. Yeah. Sure. At least. Uh, returns. I've seen 20 times Batman Returns. I may have seen it that many times, but I think I actually like the first one better. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer is just so iconic in the second one. I love Catwoman. Oh, yeah, she is. Yes. And uh, my favorite, that whip scene where she whips the mannequins heads. She did that in like one take. I was going to comment on this. You don't think it's real? Don't ruin this for me. Let me (laughs) Meredith. (laughs) You went to film school. I saw that YouTube clip. She did it in one take and everybody applauded. Yeah, she swings it around and she does her line, but like the mannequin heads are po- rigged to pop. Oh, I know they are, but like she's right the, on the target. The internet doesn't know that. <laughs> That's what I okay, people are thinking sure. when they share that around. They think that, holy shit, she really she's did that. She's popping them. Okay. Yeah. They're rigged to pop. <laughs> and the other thing about a whip too is that like, you know, it's fucking, it's the definition of a whip is that it's faster than the speed of sound. Right. Hammer can't fucking see if it's hitting or not. It 
you see it move and the thing pop and your brain well, fills I in the could blanks. Never, I could not control a whip like that. No, you couldn't. It'd take I'd a lot hit, of practice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, Especially that whip. That's crazy. Yeah, it's long. Yeah. yeah. Her and uh, Harrison Ford should have a, a skills competition. <laughs> I don't think Harrison could crack it anymore. He's a little old now. Yeah. The uh, It's funny. We, I don't know. The new movie's coming out. So We grew up with a whip it. around the house because when my dad was a kid, and this is going to sound really bougie, but yeah. it's not. He was the whip in a fox hunt. Like that was like okay. one of his like weekend activities. Yeah. I don't really know what a whip in a fox hunt does. You ride a horse and you have a shorter whip um, and it has two functions. Uh, one, you open gates mm. with it as you ride from one field to the other. There's a hook on the end of the handle. His is like a wooden shillelagh, but you can use it to reach down and open a gate to let other people, horses and animals through because you have hounds. And the other thing is the hounds, the dogs are trained to react to different crackings like from Mm. one side or overhead on this side or that side to go in different directions and so as the whip you're running this whip and directing the dogs you don't hit the dogs you just direct them with the whip so um it sounds really fucked up bougie it sounds really bougie and also what i was about to say is uh we could really play play indiana jones when i was a kid because i had my daddy's whip (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like i got this guys i just that's fucked up you know you just say that like when well, my dad had a whip like okay yeah. <laughs> whips are wild fighting tools they're not for fighting well i know they're not but the fact they've shown up in pop culture more yeah. than once yeah and then i mean three the, times you got wonder woman has a whip too oh, right? specifically a whip but i mean yeah. like we were just talking there's a whole thing in kung fu with the rope dart or the meteor hammer which is essentially a weighted whip yeah the other the other big whip in my childhood was simon belmont who's that oh man castlevania don't worry about it it's a video game (laughs) he fights vampires with a whip with a whip that sounds cool yeah he's cool (laughs) i like vampire fighting with a whip uh i'll take it so yes so how did we get on whips uh, oh, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, of course. So that one and Danny DeVito and his the it's just eating so eating the raw fish and the black tar and his just burned into DeVito my DeVito is so good in that movie. Oh my god. So I, it's I that's gonna get we didn't rewatch it before this, but that's gonna have to get a rewatch. We'll get its own soon. episode. Yeah. yeah. Batman nineteen eighty nine is a fucking phenomenon. I the numbers say it. So yeah, so it was released my birthday, June twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. Not the day i was born but sure uh warner brothers pg-13 two hours six minutes uh budget was 35 million it grossed domestically 251 worldwide 411 million and in what time frame how long did it take to get to oh i don't know i don't know that lifetime whatever it made a lot of money it made a lot of money well it made so much money that i guess this this trivia fact blew my mind so it says jack nicholson received a percentage of the gross of the film and due to its massive box office take he took home around 60 million dollars holy shit that's unreal man good for you in 1989 on top of it so if anyone wonders why jack nicholson doesn't need to work probably this movie alone yeah it'll do that yeah I always think about, um, not that this movie is in that category, but Michael Caine, somebody, there was some inter- famous interview where he, they brought up Jaws the Return. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, I've never seen that movie, so I can't comment on whether or not it's good or not, but I have seen the house it bought. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good enough. It's it a, it a movie he was in that he's never bothered to watch. 
Uh, well, Jack Nicholson, I guess, loved his performance so much in this movie. Sometimes he watched it in his house once a week. So that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there it is. That's something else. I think that <laughs> also not surprising in a way. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, there's these actors like Johnny Depp who always say, like, oh, I can't watch myself work. Yeah. And I'm like, half of me wants to call bullshit. The other half of me looks at a lot of Johnny Depp work and says, it shows. I can I can tell that you're not yeah. you're not actually studying yourself. You know, I used to wonder how you edit yourself and how to drink because I struggle with that. But since doing the podcast, it's broken for me. It's like I don't. It doesn't bother me. It, to yeah, you get it over or it to quick. listen to my voice. Like, yeah. I not at all. It helps that I'm an egomaniac. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that uh, Jack Nicholson is is some sort of narcissist. I, mean, I try not to look too much into him because I worry that I would find things i really don't trying like. to look too much into anybody though. yeah you know i mean everybody yeah. i mean he's classically unlikable he plays unlikable characters it all sort of almost together in his story yeah i can't think of him playing a likable character i can't either the three that are coming to mind is um oh gosh the one with helen hunt is that about schmidt no as good as it gets as good as it gets Which uh, i never saw chinatown he's not really likable in chinatown he's not jay gettys yeah, he's not purposefully unlikable. He's One a pretty standard noir. Nest. Not a likable guy. No, he's not. Yeah. He's like a kid raper. Yeah, he never plays likable characters. Yeah. And then Joker. But so, okay, so Keaton's your Batman. Yeah. Who's your Joker? This is a great question. Um, so, it, first off, to satisfy the internet out there, the correct answer to both of these questions is Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. Hmm. But we're going to exclude the animated series in this conversation okay. for now. But yeah, obviously, Kevin Conroy is the Batman and the Joker is Matt Mark Hamill. It's crazy how much he embodies that character. But we're talking about the movies. We're talking about the movies. I think that they're equal. You're talking about Heath Ledger and, uh, Jack, and Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. They're very different Jokers. I like them both. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to rewatch 1989 Batman before I'm going to rewatch um yeah. The more so recent ones. I went into this rewatching thinking, not going to beat Heath Ledger. Jack Nicholson is just a cartoon. I remember it from childhood. You yeah, know, he's scary. No, he's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I, they're different moods to me, not different. Like yeah. one's not better than the other. Yeah. They're definitely different moods, but, um, man is he's great jack nicholson is fantastic as if joker you, if you want to get into it um a little bit i think one of the big differences between the nicholson joker and the heath ledger joker is that the nicholson joker is actually still a human being in that he wants what humans wants mm. he wants to fuck he wants money yeah he wants status he wants comfort yeah he is a gangster you know what I'm saying? Like there is a, and I'm in that first one importantly, because like he exudes a menacing oh. sexual presence specifically yeah. everywhere he goes. Yes. Whereas the Heath Ledger Joker is kind of a force of nature. He is removed from all human concerns. Yes. He is the devil, yes. you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's like, in a lot of ways, much less threatening in a way. Yes. He is chaos. Whereas Jack Nicholson uses chaos. He's evil. Yeah, <laughs> he's fucking yeah. evil. You know, like uh, the Heath Ledger Joker says it. I'm like the dog that caught the car. Right. He's not really 
he's not really like into what he he's not invested in what he's up to in the way that like when plans don't go right for him, does he even really get upset or is that all just kind of part of the plan? Whereas, I don't, I, he's never. No, he's not upset when he's jailed. It's all an opportunity for him to create more chaos. Whereas the Nicholson Joker yeah. is invested. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got things. Oh, and he's what he wants hurt. to do he's hurt by Kim is exterminate he's a, everybody. And he's he's <laughs> except for Kim Basinger. Yeah, well, he wants to make her his his next Harley Quinn, his next work of <laughs> yeah, art. Well, exactly. there was no Harley Quinn. No, oh, was that invented by the animated series? Yes. Harley oh, Quinn was I didn't created know that. By the animated series, she's not in the comics. She is now. She's okay. She, but the anim- she her character was born for the animated series and has since become canon. I mean, the look is phenomenally similar, so she has to be inspired by probably Vicky. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's a different Vicky Vale's a reporter, um, and she is from the comics, as far as I'm aware. I'm not like a Batman encyclopedia. Whereas Harley Quinn is a psychiatrist or psychologist or psychoanalyst or whatever the term they use in the Batman's or animated series, who is assigned to the Joker in Arkham okay. and he corrupts her mind and yeah. she helps him right. break out. So these two also exist in the same universe as Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, even though you've got different directors and different Batmans. But it's. Is that correct? I think that like on paper they do. Right. But they clearly do not. No, in no so way. My first Batman was Vic Kilmer. <laughs> so oh. uh, because I, I'll never forget fifth grade. Uh, we got locked out of my grandparents house in Iowa. They were at a wedding and we didn't get the key somehow. So we're stuck in Iowa. Uh, and I was with my dad and his idea was like, OK, we're just going to go see movies all day. Sure. And so we saw Batman Forever, Congo and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> It's a day. fucking good day. It was a good day. It's very memorable. Man, to that'd me. be a good day for me as a kid. I'd be like, oh yeah, three in a row. This is I, I did that. I think we played some mini golf in there somewhere. That's yeah. It's a good day. Um, I loved Batman Forever. I did so, love that movie growing up. That's the one with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. And um uh yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Which they are in the same studio universe, at least, because uh Billy D. Williams, Lando, and Harvey Dent oh. in this movie had it in his contract that he would get to play Two Face. Oh. And they they bought out his contract and cast Tommy Lee Jones. I gotta say, too, what a I didn't catch this growing up because I didn't know enough about Batman at the time, but when we rewatched it, I was like, hey man, we got a black Two Face. Yeah. That's fucking cool. It would have been cool, but yeah. I didn't do it. Even, yeah. Tommy well, Lee. we had a black Harvey Dent, but yeah, exactly. We would have. He, contractually, we should have. We that. should have, yeah. So we were robbed of that. That sucks. Tommy Lee Jones is fine in that movie. He doesn't stand out above Jim Carrey to me. Nobody is fine in that movie, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Drew Barrymore, Nicole Kidman is all star. I mean, <laughs> Meredith, they might be fine, but they're not fine. I have to rewatch it because it is because it is what I saw for, first. It is like the most memorable Batman movie to me, which is wild. The next one was. Batman and Robin, which I yeah, which, George Clooney and Arnold. Mr. Freeze, yeah, and nipples on the bat suit. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Everybody's and, upset about the bat suit right. nipples. Yeah, that's one of the worst. And then uh, who plays Poison Ivy's in that one? It's is it Halle Berry? No, no, she's in the Catwoman. Spin-off. Right, it is. Uh, I'm gonna look it up so we're not leaving people. Uma Thurman. Oh yes, and again, nothing about that movie is fine. Uma Thurman is fine. I love Uma Thurman. (laughs) She was like famously just harassed, unfortunately, by our old director of the department of 
uh, SVA because really? he was obsessed with getting her to come to school and talk, and she just rejected him constantly. Oh, I'm sorry, Uma. I wouldn't have done that to you. <laughs> Only SVA had the foresight to put me in charge of the department when I was yet a student. You want to walk through the plot a little bit? Batman, man. Uh, we First off, no origin story. You do, actually. You get it as a flashback. You get it as a flashback. But the movie opens on Batman. It opens on what you think is going yes. to be his origin story. Brilliant. Yeah, it's Brilliant. great. But, yeah. you know, I'm watching it. I'm like, I haven't seen it in years. And I'm like yeah. watching this movie. And I was like, that's weird. Because like, remember that. they made him, they made Mr. Wayne really middle class. Oh, yeah. He's scared too, which is something you never when see. When he's leaving the thing. And then you find yeah. out it's not them. Right. He's like, oh. Yeah. So I was like, why is he walking down some alleyway to the car Same. and arguing with his Same. wife? And why is he scared? Like in every other telling of it, it's like his town. He's not really scared yeah. of anything. Yeah. I don't know who wrote. Who's the writer? Um, You've got Bob Kane, Sam oh. Ham, and Warren Scarring. Scarring. Did Bob Scarring. Kane literally write the movie or is he credited for story and characters? Because Bob Kane. No, he's the first listed on IMDb. Bob Kane writes the comic. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, Bob Kane is like the main Batman voice, which makes. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that if that's the case. Nah, he's written. He's credited characters. For characters. OK, story is Sam Ham and screenplay. Yeah. Uh, So he's a horror guy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mantis. Oh, my God. Oh, wow, he didn't do much. He did Batman. Lot, uh, all the Batmans. Batman returns the video game. He gets credit for the animated series. Man, he wrote Monkey Bone. <laughs> okay, well, he didn't do too much as a writer, um, but he did this. Well, he's great. So, I mean, inspired choice, I think, to set up that like false start because so one of the things to keep in mind about this movie when we talk about it, right, is that there was no, there were no comic book movies, really, certainly not of note, and there was definitely no dark comic book movies right um the last time anybody had seen batman on screen it was the 1960s adam west West stuff and which is goofy yeah and you know what's funny is that i'm not mistaken tim burton has been on the record saying i don't read comic books i hate comic books and my reference was that show him and him and uh and keaton both didn't have really a reference for batman at that point like they hadn't seen they hadn't read the comic books yeah that's fine um it is. What was I going to say? Oh, the Adam West. I was recently watching a, a bomb sequence. Where I hate it. <laughs> it's from the. It's brutal. from Batman the movie. Yeah, yeah or I mean, not the movie. No, from the TV show. Yeah, but it was. It we'll, was the we'll TV put show some of it up made for you guys a movie. to see. Yeah, if it's, you go over to our uh, YouTube page, you sometimes get clips over there. We'll try and get this one in there. That was yeah. So the TV show crew and cast made a Batman movie in yeah. the 60s. So it was like a two hour. Oh, Batman. it was the movie. Yeah. Okay. With the yeah. bomb. Oh my gosh. It's like a five minute sequence. It's so long. It's supposed to be stupid. Like yeah, that show is ridiculous. It was stupid for the first like minute and a half. And then it just got like, oh my God. It's so oh long. my God. <laughs> I can't get rid of this bomb. Yeah. yeah. And then you know who reproduced that scene? Who? Um uh uh, uh who who did the new Batman movies? Uh Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Oh, did he? The exact same thing. It's that long? When he's trying oh, to get rid of the nuclear away. bomb, yeah, he and he can't up. get rid of it. He can't get rid yeah. of the bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has to fly off into the into the middle of the ocean or whatever.
So Tim Burton has the Tim Burton aesthetic. Yes. Which I think was most established by Beetlejuice. Yes. And, yeah. And certainly. Now he's just beaten it to death. Yes. <laughs> he had not yet done it here. It's, and he didn't have the power it's to. It's different here. It's lighter. Yeah, I agree. I think it's scarier. It's. This movie's menacing. It's much ways. less hokey. Yeah. I was just looking at that clip yeah. of the parade. Oh, the yeah. Horrifying oh, and you have it. Certainly. Like he's he's in here for sure. Yeah. Um, it's also like it's a superhero film shot on a back lot, which I think is really interesting. Like they don't do that anymore. Not in the way that this is. This feels like back to the future. Like you, yeah. you're on the back lot. Like, no, I mean, the Batman they shot Nolan shot were shot in Chicago. A lot mostly. of mostly yeah. a lot of it's out on the street. I'm sure like Marvel movies are different. But you feel they're all the, in a, a soundstage. Yeah, they're all on a soundstage. Yeah. But the, you feel the back lot. The pra- it feels so much more practical, but it also feels like a stage. In a, a little bit. Ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I can see what you mean by the stage thing. Yeah. For sure. I um the sets are just very it also feels like it takes place in the nineteen fifties and is it supposed to? It's a timeless time. Right, so sure. I actually that's a really cool thing to talk about. They coined this phrase when they did the animated series, which was apparently in development alongside this movie, but also clearly has the exact same visual influences. Yeah. Like the animated series and this and the first, the 1989 Batman movie, they must have been comparing notes or something, but they call it Dark Deco. Okay. And it takes like the 1920s, 30s Art Deco aesthetic, but makes it evil. Sure. And the setting is sort of timeless. So mm-hmm. it is in many ways the 50s. Mm-hmm. It's also in many ways the 80s and the 70s. Right. Like the cars, a lot of them are big blocky 70s cars. Yeah. We've got Prince and like rap music going on. Yeah, right. But everyone's in fedoras and yeah. long coats. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of it. Yeah. Together. It is timeless for sure. Main important thing is that there's no cell phones. There's no cell phones. That's well, and there wouldn't have even really been. Yeah, of course. But that's the most yeah. important thing about the setting. Well, there's no even like video transmitter phones or no. anything like that. Yeah. No, he does have like a big video surveillance kit in his back cave. He does. But it's yeah, he does. Yeah. And you can watch his whole house. Actually, still pretty modern. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah. It looks very 80s, but I love it. Yeah. It looks like something like if you were looking at like some old coked up movie producer's house like that would be in the room adjacent (laughs) to the pool or something (laughs) where i control my stereo my disco lights from yeah sure (laughs) but i love it it looks great um this movie was like such a phenom to boys of my age yeah holy shit did we love this movie when it came out so what we were saying there weren't other really comic but superman was before after. yeah there were the superman movies they were a little bit before my time in some ways and also yeah Nowhere near as much fun. Superman's not as relatable. Batman is relatable. And frightening. Yeah. Like there's something about Batman, particularly in this movie, is that like his villains are scary. Yeah. And so it's much more gratifying when he overcomes them. Superman's villains are kind of cartoonish. Like, you know, like Lex Luthor, particularly in, and I like them, the Richard Donner movies, but like. He's, Gene Hackman's not that threatening. You don't feel like he's yeah. going to stab you to death and rape your corpse in an alleyway. Like yeah. he's just sort of a menacing kind of like, Meh, you yeah. know? I don't know. And like, you know, Superman's going to win and like that nothing bad's going to happen. Um, the Joker kills 
a lot of people in a this movie. A lot of people. Random people. <laughs> yes. In a terrifying way. The movie that came out this year, The Smile, like, oh, and everyone's like, I feel like it just, it got the idea from this movie years ago. It was like, you can make a whole horror movie out of this. He is a terrorist. Yeah. And like the way that they die, they just like start giggling. Yeah. Asphyxiate and then have the smile glued to the face. Like morphs. I love when they realize that it's in beauty products or they think it's in beauty products. It's a mixture. Well, yeah, it's it's in random precursors. So the Joker decides to put the whole city on notice by sneaking precursors to a deadly nerve agent randomly into a series of household products so it's not just in your toothpaste or just in your suntan lotion or your hairspray but if you use this brand's toothpaste with that brand's hairspray at the same (laughs) time it turns into the nerve gas and you die so there's no way to avoid it it's very anti-capitalist it's very anti-consumerist you know because the only solution is to buy nothing they have these shots of news reporters that just like haggard yes he's got like two giant pimples on his face after they think it's in the makeup they just look horrible and also the one girlfriend whose face he melted with acid oh yeah and then she's wearing a mask for the rest of the movie like that's the thing like he tortures people yeah well that's why and then she has a little accident Right. And when Kim is, uh, when it, uh, what's her, Vicky is faced with it, well, the dan- when she realizes the real danger, I, it's as a woman, like the fact that he's after her and that scene in the museum is, is like, it's much more terrifying than Heath Ledger. I, it's much more personal. Yeah. 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 Like you feel that on a personal level. He's like a kind of an incel. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. An incel. He is an incel. Yeah. yeah, kind of. You know, he got real ugly, and <laughs> although he's had sex, so you know, so. yeah, that's true. That's so. true. Maybe the Joker is but right. Jack not, wasn't not, not, not Jack Napier. Yeah, he was diddling the boss's wife. Yeah. The other thing about it too is that like it retained, <laughs> like this is where we talk about like it. The primary influence being the '60s show because it retains all of that the goofiness while being absolutely terroristically menacing the first person that the joker kills he does with a hand buzzer and he electrocutes him into a a charred skeleton while just laughing yeah maniacally it was a kid first off i didn't know that a hand buzzer didn't do that (laughs) so i thought that was the whole i agree like i thought that was the whole joke with hand buzzers is that like you kill someone to be scary yeah not just like, oh, I buzz, but like yeah. absolutely scary. Yes. And his flower, the acid sprays flower, acid from the flower. Like there there are a lot of things in this movie that had been seared into my brain that I knew came from this movie. But like those two in particular, Sam Ham must have just thought like, well, what if Cesar Romero murdered people? Yeah. It was just a straight up homicidal mania. Or just these little uh, joke things that you buy at like a store that seem innocuous, making them terrifying. Which also, I think we should talk about the bat. We should talk about Batman. Yes, about Heaton. He's much more reserved. In some ways. I mean, Batman is usually pretty reserved, but in, unless someone tells him like, you got to get out there because you're getting suspicious. Like you got to show yourself in public, yeah, which happens to yeah. the Christian Bale version a couple of times. Well, we but, see Keaton, I think, 
just as much as Bruce Wayne in this movie as we do as Batman. Yeah, well, and he's not as well known when when she comes to his party. This reporter comes to his party. He's sort of a reclusive. She doesn't. She he tricks her at first. Yeah, she asks if he's seen Bruce Wayne, and he says no or something. And yeah, so he's not as famous as he is in future movies. Yeah, a hundred percent. You're right. I wonder too, though, if it would never even occur that he should be that famous at this time because sure. was that level of fame a thing in yeah. 88 or 80 you know what i mean like were billionaires just famous for being billionaires yeah yet? i don't know i i i don't know if that was a choice so much as well that's how the world is i don't remember being really aware of billionaires Not when really. i was a kid no <laughs> to his credit or discredit trump may have invented that yeah with trump and then i always knew who bill gates was but that was more because of because of what he invented uh, not 1989 he didn't <laughs> no, not in 89. Yeah. No. But like I remember Gates being one of the first people that I knew was a billionaire. Yeah. Um but Howard like, Hughes. Howard Hughes. Would have been like the comparable guy, and he was a recluse who nobody yeah, had seen in right. years. Yeah, 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 yeah. They probably were thinking about Howard Hughes a lot. Yeah. You know what? Interestingly, yes. The paranoia's in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's that's interesting. There are undertones for sure. I, I like that parallel. Love um robert wall in this movie as the reporter who is also trying to get into vicky vale's pants right furious that she's found this billionaire to date this is three a movie about three dudes trying to bang kim basinger yeah and frankly i can't blame him (laughs) (laughs) but um she's not a great actress though i kind of understand why modeling was more <laughs> Happily, she doesn't need to act a lot in this movie. She's not very good. No, 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 no. She's not. That's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> she went and married herself a Baldwin. A lot of people act around her. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think Robert Wool is like a menace in this movie. You said he was very angry. I think he's just. Oh no! Regular no. Yeah, he, he's, he's just. <laughs> he's always trying to downplay. Uh, yes. uh, Bruce Wayne's success or anything, uh, just him as a person. I always loved though the scene. In as a kid, especially the scene in Bruce Wayne's armor gallery, when Robert Wool's like they called him King of the Wicker People, which I just think is such a funny line. Oh, I know it's just oh that's the the Japan the thing from Japan. It's not from anywhere because if you look around that room, half of it is like futuristic sci-fi well, he stuff. Says, the reason I say that is the guy. Oh, he maybe says Bruce from says Japan. it's from Japan. That's how he reveals who he is. Yes. And the guy goes, how'd you know that? He so said, I bought it. I bought it in Japan. Yeah. Like there's another shot in that scene where like you look in over the shoulder of a suit of armor that is like a gas mask and a diving <laughs> suit. Like it's very Tim Burton steampunk right. weird shit. Well, and there shit. you have like keeping it sort of timeless. Are we in a future? Are we in a past? A like, very comic yeah, book type thing yeah, too. Sure. Yeah, could have been like a robot that Batman fought or something. Right, right. But you don't. Right, you don't get an origin story for the Batman, but you do get an origin story for Joker. And I think in the Warner Brothers four movies, I'm not sure about Batman and Robin. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. You get origin stories for all of the villains. Yes. So you get Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman's origin story. Yep. You don't get Danny DeVito's. And then yes, you, you get do. you get his as well. Absolutely. Yeah? You see him in a crib and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, Is his it parents, flashbacks? Yeah. Yeah. His okay. parents throw him down a sewer and look That's right. Okay. <laughs> you get flashbacks of it, but it's not, it's not like her her part of the movie is her, yeah, is yeah, her yeah. origin story. Okay. And then you get Riddler's, and then there's you hear a mention like tommy lee jones explains how he became two-faced but you don't really see it 
Oh, you don't see it. Okay. He explains a courtroom. Maybe there is a scene. I don't think so. You do kind of get Batman's origin story. You get a flashback. So you do get a flashback of his as well, but you're not the 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 movie's more built around Joker's origin story. You don't really need it though, because you like don't. who the I mean, even people who don't read comic books know even in eighty nine they know where Batman comes from. Sure. Parents were shot. Parents were killed. Yeah. He's rich. Now he's Batman. Yeah. And he doesn't use guns, except for on his car. Yeah. Which is a bit of a conundrum in this movie. They did put machine guns on his car. Well, in, in this movie, he doesn't fly either. He's always got a line. When does he fly? He jumps down from things. Oh, I, I feel like um, he never flies, but he glides in a lot of other I know in movies. The Batman, the recent yeah. one with Robert Pattinson, he tries to and it, like, it fails pretty badly. I mean... I guess it's base jumping, but Christian Bale does some seriously unrealistic base jumping. Okay, he does like a wingsuit. Thing. Yeah, and he he flies down through the middle of a of an apartment building or something once as well. Okay, well he glide he drops he on drops. his cape. Yeah, his cape has that like electrostatic he firming he thing. Always has a, has a wire. Yeah, a batarang or mm-hmm. bat hook. I forget batling hook. Maybe they called it. Yeah, it is in the age where everything had to bat in it. There's the batarang. Oh, yeah. The Batling hook, the Batmobile, <laughs> the Batplane. Yeah, right. I was surprised to see the plane in this one. It's cool looking. It is very cool looking. It's very yeah. cool looking. It's a super cool model. And it's like very, it's very specifically equipped to catch balloons. Has those clippers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he put those on there. He knew that was necessary. Yeah, he's like, this is this makes sense. I will say that <laughs> there are um, things like that on helicopters. Um, okay. For cutting power lines. Okay. That's. I mean, that's Almost, essentially yeah. what he does with it. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly, like, yeah, in a lot of cases, like, not every helicopter will have it equipped, but like, it's on a lot of helicopters. Yeah. So that if they have like, an yes, yeah, so they can cut the power lines. If sure. They need to. I don't know why, but. Good yeah. to know. you're not a Burton fan it's not a favorite of Burton's and I, I suspect you're right it's because uh he didn't have as much control over what he was so you're making. saying this isn't one of his favorites yeah I find that interesting because I have seen an interview with him mm-hmm. where he talked about these movies and he had said well I'd done Batman and I'd done Batman Returns and I just assumed I would be the Batman guy and I went to make the third one and they said no sorry son we're going in another oh, direction and he didn't get to do it. He thought he was going to do more of them. I mean, I'm sure the money was great. I don't think it was bad. Yeah. yeah and then they so. went to Joel Schumacher who really seemed to get it. He really got the property. <laughs> Old Joel. I now I really need to watch Batman forever because boy, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but all I've got is these like cozy memories of it in my little kid brain. But that's actually probably a really bad sign because I wasn't afraid. I wasn't anything as a kid. It was just yeah. fun. It was silly to me. Yeah. I loved it because it was silly. Well, it is silly. Yeah. He, he really leaned into the silliness of it. Um, I think that the the first two movies do an amazing job of treading this tight, tight rope. And then, you know, I do have such... A nostalgia for it. We were talking about this on the last podcast about how all of your friends eventually made it to New York. I grew up in the shadow of New York and we could see it from my grandmother's house. And my grandmother loved going to the city. Yeah. And it was like the 80s. We were going like it was a peak of crime, you know, 89, 80, sure. 90, 91. Um, 
and the city was filthy and i just have for me like i have just the most happy sunny uh you know, like youthful, nostalgic memories of trudging through gross, muddy <laughs> New York City snow that's filled with heroin needles and shit. And like, and I watch those movies and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it feels real. It tickles. I don't know. Yeah. It pulls at my nostalgia strings, yeah. you know, not just because I love the movies, but because it, yeah, it feels like what I thought of New York, uh, which yeah. was a good place. I liked New York. You yeah, know? we would go uh, in. It was you you had to know your way around you i'm sure it made you feel adult in some ways oh, yeah. like yeah my grandmother was a bit of an anti-mame figure and so i'd spend like a weekend with yeah. her and she'd be a little bit like what are we gonna do this weekend i'd be like let's go out for chinese you know i'd be like eight year old she'd be like great we're going to wohop in the, in the city <laughs> you know <laughs> and off we are you know <laughs> that's fantastic yeah it was <laughs> yeah uh my family was quite scared of downtown chicago she I didn't really get there much until i was in uh in high school famously fended off a mugging and there were witnesses by wow by bataranging a hubcap at the guy's face so she was a tough broad yeah did she ever live in the city (laughs) um no No, i don't think she ever lived in new york just frequently went. she well she worked a lot yeah okay she was involved in apparently she was involved in like fashion week and like somehow involved in the creation of it supposedly yeah she owned just working it no and like she owned like six Merle Norman stores, which I don't think there were all that many of to begin with and was on like, I think possibly even the board at one point. Um, And so she was pretty involved in all of that fashion and that that world, that world of yeah, fashion and cosmetics and theater people. And she was always having out, you know, fascinating people, you know, costume designers and, and also gurus and ESP types and having weird parties apparently where yeah, she you know did the new york she lived up in new york you know like she lived up the new york area yeah yeah and i mean and like she had like a big old house like a batman house she had a big victorian batman house <laughs> on the bay looking at new york and you know felt a little bit like being i guess in the palisades of gotham city i, yeah. I never thought about that um with a very very creepy haunted basement yeah well this is way off topic but like this house is built in like the 1890s so there is like, you know, the basement is a brick gallery. So mm-hmm. archwork sitting on top of wooden You've poles. You've talked about the archwork before. Yeah. yeah. And you go down there, there's like an ancient boiler from the 1800s that nobody's using anymore. It's like huge coal fired furnace. Mm-hmm. And also like the leftover stock from her stores, which was about 300 very human looking fiberglass mannequins. <laughs> um all always, arranged as all nightmares. horror movies have mannequins either the yeah. attic or the basement yeah absolutely all kinds of mannequins down there and wigs piles of wigs on the mannequins because she made a lot of money selling wigs okay. wigs was big business she was into the wig works yeah man i i wonder if like you know new york fashion wig works i wonder if like i wonder if they're like old queens who would know my grandmother as like a wig supplier for the drag world at one time they might i don't the drag world did they have money for wig suppliers i'm not sure i don't know yeah that's, that's a good cheap. point These, yeah. well now i know wigs are, that's a really yeah. good point i didn't think about that but now i know it's wigs are yeah. such an important part of all of yeah that. and wigging and wiggery and wiggery think of like I, i'm thinking of wig uh, paris is burning and the and the balls that were happening yeah. back then they kind of just uh went to thrift stores and threw yeah, stuff together true, that's true. i love them oh it's so good we could talk about that i thought I it was, was interesting brilliant. just as a side i did not know like i feel like now one type of drag has survived 
But like when you watch that, it's just like, you know, the, all the categories that they were competing in. It's right. like straight passing male, straight right. passing female. Like So balls and drag are different. Okay. Slightly different origins. Okay. And right. So they would be different. They're definitely are intertwining worlds but I see. not the same okay basis does that still go on though like they do they have come back there's been a research okay. for balls but um where you get like voguing and things from like okay. the worlds influence each other but yeah that was much more specific to the group of people that were performing it the reasons that they were performing right. it um and drag has been much more of like a universal like that was very specific time right. and place gotcha yeah i was just impressed because like so much of like so so much of what they were doing was like the opposite of flamboyance right. it was silent it was invisible sometimes there was like muscle like muscle it was all different fa fantasy worlds yeah. yeah i guess with drag race things have gotten a little bit broader there's oh, definitely really? like there's queens that are more i was like, wondering if it narrowed things in a way no i well i don't know i guess i mean I'm, uh, the drag there's drag queens who would have much but it's not just yeah, about female it's not just about female impersonation anymore there's a lot more like early on even in drag race um rupaul was such a purist like didn't like she liked illusions she didn't have liked people not having breastplates and things like that oh, yeah, yeah. so it was much more um they like she likes fishy queens like girls that pass right and yep. now it's much more avant-garde yeah. girls win like there is a different i i think it's gotten much more interesting as it goes on because of the different types of people that compete gotcha well okay that's our weird foray into <laughs> how we get into drag yeah, here sure the um back to batman <laughs> which is itself a kind I of love drag that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's RuPaul says you're born naked and everything else is drag. So there you go. I mean, I Batman so. and Joker, certainly. Well, that's true. Well, then there's this there's this thing from the comic book where you have to ask yourself, who is the drag? Because is Batman Bruce Wayne pretending to be Batman or is Batman Batman pretending to be Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Um, I forget who it was, too. I think it was actually Kevin Smith was talking about. I It might not have been talking about Superman and how. Oh yeah, no, it might be. It might be from a Kevin Smith movie. How Superman isn't Clark Kent. Superman is an alien, and Clark Kent is his idea of what a human should be. Right, that's true. But it's also not because Superman is raised as Clark Kent on Earth as a human, right? But he knows he's not. Yeah, I guess that's true. But he doesn't know what his culture is. So yeah, yeah he understands probably what a human is more than he understands what. But Batman is Batman a man or a bat? Anyway, we'll I leave digress. That for the audience. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> leave your thoughts in the I, comments. I do think, though, that you know what's interesting? I'm just realizing this now. Um, 89 Batman opens. Batman exists, uh -huh. is mysterious. A lot of people don't believe mm -hmm. he exists. Right. And he shows up and fights these dudes and tells that one guy, I want to make sure you uh, go tell all your friends about me. He's being cited and there's a whole debate over whether or not these guys are just drugged out yep. like crazies who right. are seeing things. Robert Pattinson, Batman, the Batman, uh -huh. recreates that exact scene. Uh huh. I didn't even think about that until right now, but it's the exact same thing. At that point, Batman is a myth. Mm -hmm. He shows up and he fights these dudes on the subway and he tells the one guy to go tell everybody I'm and in town. There. What did you think of the Robert Pattinson, Batman? I liked it. Yeah. I liked it quite a bit. I think that there were some 
things that run even about it, but I overhaul overall. Aesthetically, I like it. it feels much more like this Batman. Yeah, honestly, I think it feels it does, but also it feels a lot like um, a continuation of Joker. Sure. That, yeah. That movie, which we were, we were comparing Joker's. I forgot to even include the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I don't think you need to. Yeah. They're making another one. <laughs> I know with Lady Gaga. So I will see it. Um, but it's, a, it's not going to. OK, why? I don't know. I guess people liked that movie. Oh, people really liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, certainly in certain subreddits. I think had that movie come out when I was in my early 20s, I think I might have really liked it, too. <laughs> Because it was just, yeah. I can't really place what I really didn't like about it, but I walked out of there feeling like, okay. Well, I think that the people who were real, its most ardent defenders didn't help it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, because that movie just like, it really clicked for a certain type of fella. Yeah. That, you know. I certainly think it's an interesting take on origin story. I think probably burnt out on origin stories also at the moment. It's also like, this is off 89, but like, do you want to spend any time with that character? Is there anything even remotely likable about the Joaquin Phoenix Joker that like you're enjoying the experience or is it just sort of torture to be with him as an audience? I do think that's the point is that it is torture, yeah, but it yeah. is torture. Yeah. I'm still is. having, you still have to have yeah. me watch it. He's, he's, <laughs> You're almost sympathetic to him, I think, which is what's interesting about it. Like taking the seeing sort of the villain side of how he was mistreated and why he might become a villain. I wasn't sympathetic. I've only seen it once and it's been a while back. So I'm going largely off of my memory. I kept thinking I'd mistreat this guy too. This guy sucks. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Greg, creating villains. (laughs) Guy sucks, dude. Yeah. I thought it was a bold choice too to kill the Joker at the end of 89's Batman. Well, yeah, no question. He falls from a very tall building. I guess the last laugh. Yes, that's. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I loved that. I guess, yeah. And also, they tied him right into the origin story. It's all about Batman's origin story because it's right. Jack Napier clearly is the guy who killed his dad. But we are also living in an era where it's like the next movie, we're going to introduce a new villain. And that's what's going to be exciting. Like Batman's going to remain the same. There was no guarantee of any next movie. There well, was no, the idea of franchises wasn't even a thing. Was yet. It, but that's what I mean is like they weren't, yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah, I, that is probably more what was happening. But um, this idea of, of, building a franchise off of this, these characters yeah. fighting. Well, it was like problem solved. If there's a number two, it's an opportunity to bring on someone. And, and to have it be self-contained. And Spider-Man's always been more like that. Yes. So as a comic, Batman is famous for having what they call the rogues gallery. Okay. So that there is a lot like there. Are, that's the whole idea is that there's a series of villains. Right. And there's a lot of them and you can do a different story with each. of them. Right. And I guess Spider-Man has a lot of that too. A lot Spider-Man of the Spider-Man villains it. are lame and so we forget them almost all of them are some animal or like yeah octa octa dr octopus Octopus. rhino the vulture yeah um like (laughs) and i'm I'm running out of i out of the lizard yeah you know they're all animals like 50 percent of them and right the lizard and then you've got the green green goblin 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 is sort of fantastical yeah. animal then uh when i was a kid it was the carnage series which was the one that as a kid i loved it that comic run but i think in retrospect people hate it now so mm-hmm. i can't distance myself from it i don't even that's remember I, there you go that's my Batman forever. <laughs> yeah 
It's just like, <laughs> but what if a deranged serial killer had Spider-Man symbiote suit? What would that be? I'm just a Batman forever apologist. I, Who's I think, your Batman? Val Kilmer. Ooh. <laughs> well, that would be very Hot posh take. now, though, because Val's having a kind of a quiet resurgence. Oh, is he? Well, kind of. Okay. I mean, is he, he in something coming up? There's a documentary about him. He lost oh. the ability to speak because of throat cancer. Oh, and I they use an AI that, voice yeah. to kind of do a re- documentary about his life. Oh, okay. Um, but it, I think it is kind of like a farewell piece. Ah, it's a little sad. I forgot that he had. Ah, I think I probably thought that he had already passed away. Yeah, I think it's not good. At least doing the AI voice, we've got his with consent. him involved. Yes, yes. exactly. Unlike uh, Anthony Bourdain. What did they do with that? It was. It was a big thing at the end of his documentary. Oh. There was just a thing that he had written that they had read in his voice. They generated his voice to read. That's and weird. people were really conflicted about it. Why not just have an actor do it? Yeah. Because it was like a it's thing more powerful. they could do. Right. And, and people were really conflicted about it. Some people say he would have loved it. Some people, yeah. But it was like kind of the first thing that was like, this is coming. Deep fakes. I always hate, oh, they would have loved it. This would have been what they were for. Like, <laughs> Why are you putting that fig leaf on? They can't weigh in. It's none of their fucking business. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with (laughs) that. Unfortunately, like they're not involved in this conversation. Yes. You just want to you just want to hide your decisions behind the idea that they would have liked this. I'm doing what they wanted. Yes. Um, Man, I loved Batman 89. I got to watch it five more times now. Yeah. I was also fascinated by the really complicated makeup choice they made for uh Jack Nicholson, which I thought a lot about a lot. I thought about a lot during my rewatch of it, but uh, there is a piece of trivia that, that uh, goes along with it. But if you remember, he is white. He is the ghost white. And then he paints his face to be human, to be human. And it wipes off frequently. Yeah. And he still has the horrifying contorted face. He always has the face. Right. So that makeup artist had to find a way to make the white stick. Yep. But be wipe offable without also wiping off. They use like so oil, watercolor over oil or something? It was the white Pax paint that they always used. And then they put a thin layer of food grade silicone oil, which nothing sticks to on top of it. They then took the flesh colored grease paint and painstakingly painted it to where it was literally sitting on top of the oil and then airbrushed to make it look faded so it looked more natural. And then after soaking his handkerchief in like an alcohol, he could wipe it off without wiping off the white makeup. That's awesome. Can you imagine being the person who's like, well, this is what's in the script. They're like, we'll change it because this is insane. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, just figure it out. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's such a powerful thing, though. I mean, that makes the move. That's that's a huge part of. How yeah, he does it is. more than once. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. The I mean, work, the effort that goes into that's like a setup for one shot. Yeah. You know, you get that one shot. And then after that, you're doing, you know, as soon as you cut, it's built in yeah. those striations. Right. Yeah. It's really cool. You get a little bit of that with the Heath Ledger Joker, where his makeup's always kind of running off of his face. Yeah. But it's not so complicated. It's not so complicated. It's not so clear which is the makeup and which is his right. face. Because his he, his face exists because his his apparent cut him right he says that but he says a bunch of different things oh okay so yeah he's lying. so the whole idea is that like he never actually told, he never really known. okay the, very quotable movie for me that's a big one why so serious that oh that that entered i guess for a lot of people yeah yeah for me 1989 batman oh this movie all of my friends know what it means and a lot of other people too 
we say to each other, you seize the tools I have to work with. Yeah. We all yeah. know what that means. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> say even it all the time. Would have recognized that without yeah. knowing it was from this movie. Have to do something better. I wish it could be better, but you see the tools I have to work with. Yeah. yeah. I love, I, I, this is what I want to talk about. Two things. Sorry. No, please. He sleeps upside down. I love that. That's a Keaton ad. It's genius. So he he wanted to make him weirder. He wanted there to be more unsettling things about the character. So after and with fucking, her in the room too, she wakes up and he's just hanging from his fucking awesome. <laughs> it's so smart. And that goes way in the direction of Batman is Batman. And right. Yeah, you know, it does. Yeah, certainly. Uh, 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 Bruce Wayne is the Bruce cover. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, I love there was it. one other thing he added to it too. There was that one and oh, that's not as not as good. But uh, the dinner dialogue—I don't think I've ever been in this room. I love it. And I am Batman. I guess was supposed to be like I am the knight, and he oh. said I. He changed that, which is a huge change. Yeah, I mean that's like that became like almost a catchphrase for the yeah. character. I'm Batman. Yeah. Well, in the voice lowering the voice just a little. He felt. Keaton felt like everyone's going to know who this guy is. It's too obvious yeah. and uncomfortable, like pretending that people would ever not peg Bruce Wayne as Batman. And so lowering the voice helped him. He went that. way whisperier, yeah. whereas um, Bale went to that weird yeah. growl that everybody, yes. even people who like the movie are like, I don't know about that. It's a little too much. <laughs> What's going on there? Right. Well, Keaton, Keaton also couldn't hear himself, so he's probably whispering casting. because he's not sure he How sounds is, yeah. normal. Another, I love. Uh, what do you weigh? <laughs> First off, she gives an yes. insane number, like ninety six pounds. No, One hundred eight. Rem- oh, because uh, I was <laughs> watching this in a room with three women, and we were all like, "What? Yeah, what? she's like six <laughs> one, right?" And then, and then afterwards, he's like, "You, you lied." lied? <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> 108 oh. well i think that what he was like he goes halfway and then lets her go the rest of the way i think he was doing the math about whether or not we can both go up or just you of course that's what he's doing yeah. but it's just it's like it was more it was less the character more the writer you're like who no absolutely not i don't think they what do you weigh i don't think they thought about it that much no clearly exactly i don't think it was malicious no, i don't think so either it's oversight that's exactly the point though the um uh that and then we the thing we didn't even get into you want to get nuts let's get nuts let's get nuts yeah so that happens in vicky vale's apartment which yeah. is an apartment i would kill alone oh my gosh it's gorgeous yeah beautiful gorgeous it's amazing a newspaper photographer good yep. nice apartment yeah well i think she's like a she's more like a uh freelance investigative journalist or like photojournalist. okay so she like works for time magazine okay, and stuff okay. i think she's supposed to be like a big heavy hitter who gets awards and shit but uh 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 yeah i just love the setting of all of these movies uh particularly the the, the, the wayne sorry the tim burton ones in fact actually i grew up in the we had six flags great adventure right near where we grew up and we would mm. go all the time Batman the Ride was the greatest fucking roller coaster ever. It was on the heels of this. And parked out in front of it was the Batmobile from the movie. Mm-hmm. And they had built like a whole like Gotham yeah. City around it. I remember the ad campaigns around that. We had a Six Flags. I don't think it had that ride, but so cool. Um, I remember on the Coke cans, you could cut them out to get Six Flags. Oh. Uh like money off of your tickets. I love that. And hey kids, cut this sharp aluminum. Yeah. <laughs> True. 
Uh, Collect these metal shurikens <laughs> and present them at your local yeah, Six Flags. Maybe you weren't supposed to cut them. You just bring the cans in. But then what do you, I, that. I don't understand how that worked. But they had the Batman insignia. Oh, yeah. Uh, we used to get five bucks off if we brought a Coke or a Pepsi can to the to Maybe the you were only allowed to bring one and that was the idea. Yeah, I you, remember my sister like saving them to go to that. Six Flags. Yeah, we would get a little discount. Yeah. The first real roller coaster I ever rode, too. Uh, it was cool. You hung from it. Wow. Oh, yeah, cuff. your feet dangle. Yeah, your feet dangle. I've been on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. That one, now the Superman one, you lie down. You lie yes, down. The not, not as powerful as the feet dangling, obviously, yeah. having done both. Anyway, um, let's get nuts. So I I commented on Twitter about this like movie and that line, or maybe it was I made, no, it was because I'd said it in an episode and somebody commented, but you realize in the context of this movie that that's not Batman. That is Batman pretending to be a hapless, dumb, dumb Bruce Wayne. And that's how he thinks. You know, he's presenting. He's dragging. It's drag. He's presenting <laughs> what a regular guy would say. Yeah. You know, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think there's that much artifice in that moment. I think yeah. the Joker is in his girlfriend's apartment and... He's going to fight him and he loses because yeah. he doesn't have his bat toys. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the feeling that he was being hapless. I thought he was descending into I want to. I'm crazy. I want to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he knows he's going to get shot. He puts the plate on. Yes, like, that's he right. Knows. He knows that's right. That's right. That's his plan isn't to win a fight. His plan is to get out. Yeah. Get shot. Play dead, get Create out. A distraction for her, primarily, yeah, I thought, right. right? He shoots him. Why would he leave the apartment then? I have to rewatch it. Or does he take her? Maybe he does. He must, because then Batman goes after her. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's what it was. It was so that Bruce Wayne would survive the encounter so he could come back. So he as, could come back as Batman and actually fight him. Yeah, that's right. right. And obviously, it's what Batman says, not Bruce Wayne, because he now says it in the movie. Now, does he say it in returns? I think I asked that. He says it in the Ezra Miller. No, I know he does in the trailer. I don't think it comes up. It's funny, too, to me that like that became the thing from the trailer. Yeah. uh, Because it's like, I don't recall that being like a quotable moment of the movie. But now it is. I'm into it. That's my moment. (laughs) I'm all about you want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. nuts. And then the Joker tear gas. No, sorry. Nerve gas is the city. Right. With balloons. Yeah. With it. As he's throwing them money, money just there is piles a, of cash. He says something crazy number like twenty two million dollars yeah. of cash. He's gonna throw out. This city needs an enema. <laughs> and so they all come to get the money. They're thrilled. They love him. They're about to elect him their new mayor. Not yeah. really, but like yeah. And uh, then he he starts gassing all. Of there them. is something very. I, I never it's very zombie like. They're like jumping on yeah. cars and yeah, it's real freaky. I never caught it before just now, but like the, the Joker is a very anti-consumerist force in this movie. Yeah, it's all consumer oh, yeah. products that he's poisoning, yeah, yeah, yeah. and particularly like vanity products. Certainly. And then hey, come get your money. I'm going to gas you to death. The news. He attacks. Yeah. I wonder if the reason that they get worse, the movies get worse, is that the studio realized they were so big and decided they need to be family films so that people could go and take their kids there. Cause that's what forever. And I think and that's what happens. Batman Robin feels like, I think and that, then it dies. And then the, the franchise dies. Yeah. I think that that happens with a lot of stuff too. I think that to 
get off topic here, but this is my own theory. If you watch the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. there are two Star Wars movies and then there are seven. I recently, while we were packing, I watched watched the original three because it's been a while since I watched them. Yeah. Yeah. So Empire, oh, sorry, New Hope, which was yeah. originally just called Star Wars and uh, Empire Strikes Back happened in, I think, a shared cinematic universe, uh-huh. which is a dark-ish dangerous universe yeah where you can go into a bar and cut a dude's arm off and just throw a little extra cash on the table and it's fine well and where someone can choke you from across the room and yeah yeah. it's a dangerous it's like a western yeah you know people get shot all the time and it's not a big deal um and the battles are very violent the effects are not up to snuff especially in new hope they're kind of corny looking yeah but like a lot of people get shot to death you're one of your core characters that gets killed in the first Right. Half of the movie. And I think that to the, what I think I've heard George Lucas say, and first off, he had a political message. You know, mm-hmm. The Empire is America and the rebels are Vietnam. And that is actually like, I think he's on the record of saying a lot. But um, secondly, I think that he was making a movie that he wanted to see when he was 12 years old. He was mm-hmm. a young man. He was like in his 20s when he made the first one, mm-hmm. you know, so he was still connected to that place. I don't know if he had kids yet or not, but I'm pretty sure that by the third one he did. And yeah. I think what happens is there's a shift there between making the movie you wanted to see when you were a kid and the movie you want your kids to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that that redefined the entire tone of the genre from there. Those first two movies aren't really kids movies. Yeah. And then they start to become kids movies. Yeah, and the- Actually, the first one is pretty like. For a kid, I, I remember the first time we were all excited to show it to my nephew. He was bored. And you realize it's dark. Yeah. It's but a scary movie. Oh, he was bored. But he was bored because yeah. it's it's. Right. Like the adventure and stuff is there, but it's not, there's not kid stuff. There's no Ewoks. There's nothing that he's like, oh, exactly. this is fun. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's adult. It's pretty adult. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, aunt, aunt and uncle. Uh, oh, yeah. You just see their charred, Corpse, charred corpses. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's some real, real shit in that movie. Yeah. By the third movie. And you think what? Because the third movie just takes its foot off the, off the gas a little bit. A lot. I yeah. mean, I, I'm not the first person to point this out, but no, like, I know you're not. The last time we should do Star Wars, obviously, obviously, yeah. big time. But like, just to put a button on this, the last time Vader and Luke see each other in Empire Strikes Back, Vader cuts off Luke's hand mm-hmm. and tells him, uh, "I'm your father. Rule the galaxy with me." Luke says, "Never," and then Vader is like, "Well, then die." And he throws, throws himself him off oh, yeah. a cliff and just like, eh, fuck off. You know, he doesn't yeah, even have any response. Away, yeah. Exactly. The next time they see each other, the next time they see each other, Luke is telling Vader, I know there's still good in you. Right. I know there's still good in you. Yeah. No, it's too late for me. Like they're having this like heart to heart moment and stuff like that. Like the last time I saw you, you chopped off my arm yeah. and tried to murder me, man. <laughs> I know there's still good in you. Like is a big yeah huge tonal shift they do go dark like with anakin killing the younglings like that's pretty yeah pretty brutal yep i agree but yeah i i haven't watched the yeah i haven't watched the first three in a long time maybe i'll go back and do that soon you're gonna have to see a lot of jar jar binks i know the first one i've seen probably the most honestly the first of those phantom Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, yeah. And then the second and third in that series, I haven't seen very many times. But I, Jar Jar Binks doesn't bother me as much as others. 
I can he can roll off my back. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there some fan theory that he's actually evil? Like it's him plotting behind the scenes. So There's like, a theory that he's a very powerful force user, okay. and that's why he's like so lucky. All right, yeah. Let's circle back and then wrap it up. So, Batman, uh, thumbs up. Really good. It's I'm really glad I revisited it. I'm glad you did too. It was such a like I remember Batman McDonald's and Burger King commercials, and uh-huh. it was on TV all the time. And then we got the cartoon show. Uh, the animated series, which was phenomenal and felt like we all assumed it was an extension of, but I don't think it was. I think that they were developed alongside each other yeah, and coincidentally looked the same. And we talked about, Oh, the animated, the animated series. It is. They credit the right. They credit people in this series because it is purposefully sort of okay. taken from it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. From the, at least the first two movies. Yeah. It should be. I mean, yeah. I, I read somewhere that it wasn't, but that's good. That makes a lot more sense. The dark deco look, by the way, the animated series, everybody will tell you this, um, that the backgrounds were drawn on black paper. Instead of white, which is part of how the the dark deco look is achieved, mm. I used to question the reality of that because I feel like there's some issues with that. But I guess I can go with it. Okay. I don't know what what. I guess what it's like gauche. Then you use like uh like pastels or something like gauche the dry dry watercolor or something. I don't mm. know what color you use. I need to go look at the what comics. medium do you use on top of black paper to sh- have like it show? Comics I'd get very into, but it's like video games. I just like got too old to commit to it. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm. Well, no, no, I'm talking about the animated series. The oh. backgrounds were drawn on black paper. That's another thing. Supposedly. Like, yeah, I should watch a couple episodes of that. It's good. Yeah, it's I extremely know. It's like good. one of your favorites. I loved it. I mean, I don't realize, I don't think I realized growing up how much I liked it because it was just mm-hmm. kind of always on, but it's really good. It, it's head and shoulders above like every other animated kids thing from that time frame. Um, doesn't really set up a sequel. No, it does not. Yeah. How does it, it end? I kind of forget. He's laughing, so they fall. He's laughing. Yeah, what happens after that? <laughs> it's a good question. Like, do, does he have a scene with her? It might just kind of. Maybe it does set up a sequel. I think that there was something at the end where Alfred notifies Bruce about something in the news that he should be aware of, and that's like how it ends. Isn't that right? great alfred by the way oh yeah fantastic we hadn't really got into that yet but like you know it's hard to say that michael kane michael kane is a great alfred but everybody always asks who's your joker i feel like the question who's your alfred Mm -hmm. bat symbol there's a bat symbol oh yeah 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 yeah. they get the bat symbol establish yeah bat signal goes up bat signal is a physical impossibility yeah it's always kind of bothered me (laughs) yeah it's the one movie where it, it, they just sort of drape something over it because there is no bat signal yet. Oh, uh, yeah. And that is like, oh, yeah, that that makes sense. That's how it would look is just like massive light in the sky. Yeah, it wouldn't actually do anything. Yeah. I guess if you had a really powerful ellips- ellipsoidal, like, you know, re- reverse focusing. In the future, maybe they've got better. Well, no, like a theater light. Yeah. An ellipsoidal theater well, light. You'd have to have a cloudy night. You'd have to have a cloudy night yeah. and you would have to have it lensed to that distance. Right. And it would have to be very powerful. But yeah. then I guess you could do it. So it's possible. It's possible. But the thing <laughs> that they use in the movie would never do it. Maybe it's always cloudy in Gotham City. Yeah, but it's still the wrong kind of lens. <laughs> yeah. it's, still, it's not going to focus. It's just not possible. <laughs> They've got to pull on it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, all the filmmakers who have made these movies, how many of them do you think just go like cinematographers just go nuts? No, I don't think they give a shit. <laughs> I hope not. I'm sure that they they probably, much like me, make obnoxious jokes about it. Sure. And everybody rolls their eyes and they're always yeah. like, yeah. doesn't he know that we know? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's fine, man. Just take your check. Do your job. Um, it looks great, too. It's a beautiful movie um, from a cinematography standpoint. It is. All right. That's enough of this. All right. Thank you to Annie Villalobos, our editor and producer. Thank you, Annie. I guess in podcast world, she's producer, producers edit. So Yeah, that's a weird twist for me. Yeah. The producers are the editors. That's also true for like, I, I knew someone who worked for MTV and was a producer editor. That was her job. Well, a predator is a whole thing. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I remember Will at IF. It's not, she's laughing. Terrible name, but it's, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. like that's a real it job. Is a real thing. I've seen predators in a lot of like I've gone out for that job. I have seen those yes. in credits. It is it is a thing. Um, and then thank you to Studio Seventy One for being our partner in this production. Thank you, Studio Seventy One, and thank you to Heather Vaughn for our awesome and amazing artwork. Thank you, Heather Vaughn, for for the wonderful work you do. Yes, that you do. So well. And you're welcome, Epidemic Sound. Yeah, Epidemic Sound. You're welcome. You're welcome, Epidemic. We should find somebody to do like an original score for this fucking show. Should not do that. There's no, it's a little bad. piece of ice. Yeah, it's been hanging out in there. It's been killing me this whole episode. It's killing the mic too. You just. I know. <laughs> well, I have. I currently have a reason for needing water. Oh yeah. Um. So. She's thirsty. That's the reason. That's the reason. <laughs> All right. Cut. <laughs> 